skeptical about custom beauty, honestly, y'all, I totally get it. My feed is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising, you know, to fix all of our beauty, hair, and skin problems. Truthfully, I was so skeptical when I saw this brand, but I'm a total believer now. When pros says custom, they actually mean it. Their products are no gimmicks, and your formula couldn't exist without you. Each and every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skin care is made to order and personalized with unique blends of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. And they get personal. Pro's covers everything from your concerns to diet, exercise, and stress levels to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. Did you know, for example, that Minneapolis has like weirdly hard water, which apparently was affecting my hair. So like some of the ingredients that they put into my hair care was to like deal with the fact that we have hard water. Wow. I love that. They also asked me things like, you know, because I have had a baby recently, like, am I still breastfeeding? What are my hair goals? And I also really appreciated they asked like, how much effort do you want to put into your hair? Yeah, <laughs> because like I'm at the point, you know, I used to let, yeah, I used to do those, you know, put effort into my appearance, but now it's like, I just want to be able to walk out of the door without feeling self-conscious. Um, I, this is truly such a genuine endorsement. So I've really enjoyed using these products. But don't just take our word for it. In a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised control clinical trial, this is like the gold standard of all of these trials, Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering our listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash justbreakup. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash justbreakup for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas, pros.com slash justbreakup. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. <laughs> and I'm Sam Blackwell. And today we're going to answer a letter from somebody who can't tell if the person she likes likes her. But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners. No, we are not professionals. We are not even of sound body and mind. I only just <laughs> realized today in 2023 at 37 years old that Rilo Kylie and Kylo Ren, the Star Wars character, are two different things. Two different. They're two different things. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know one existed and the other one I just yeah. misnamed. I've been wrong in so many social situations. Where <laughs> people have been like, oh yeah, Kylo Ren. And you're like, yeah, they're great. I love that band. No, more like I love Kylo, <laughs> Rilo, Rilo Kylie. And I'll be like, I love Adam Driver. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Anyway, it this doesn't. is all to say Sam and I are not professionals. We don't know what we're talking about, so please take our advice as you see fit. We're only here to offer our humble musings to ho getting more humble every day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
um, to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs about the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. All right, today's check-in topic is inspired by a listener letter. I'm just going to go ahead and read it. It's just a couple paragraphs, and it has some, like, pretty fun details. Um, <laughs> it's from uh, not a millionaire whose pronouns are she, her, who is writing to us from the hospital waiting room. They write, uh, hi, Sam and Sierra. I have a check-in topic inspired by a friend's wild recent decision. My husband and I have a couple friends we are very close to, and they just had their very first baby last week. The new dad pulled my husband aside and told him he bought a surprise, quote, push present for his wife. For those of you who don't know, off the letter for a second, a push present is something that people give their partners after they give birth, like, you know, like you're pushing the baby out. That's a whole other fucking check-in topic for us to dive <laughs> we into. We talk about push presents for sure. You know what my push present was? A pair of slippers. And it, we called Aww. it my push present for a joke because I was like, I want these delivered to our house before I come home from the hospital. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Anything for you. Yeah. You know? Yes. Thank you. Um, anyway, the idea of push presents is a whole other episode. But continuing on with the letter. Turns out... The letter writer writes, this present is a brand new custom Porsche. We Googled the price as any good friend would. (laughs) And needless (laughs) to say, it is astronomically expensive. Outside of this being a wild financial decision, considering they have a new baby, she's not working, etc. This sparked a whole conversation between my husband and I about how much you can spend without letting the other partner know. My husband and I have combined finances for the most part. part. We do have separate checking accounts currently with personal expenses like clothes, etc., But everything else we pay for and save for together, even if you have entirely separate finances, what do you think is too much to spend without bringing your partner into that decision? I understand the concept of, quote, it's my money. I can do with it what I want. But there has to be something of a threshold when you are legally bound and have to make a joint financial decision. Right. Would absolutely love to know your thoughts, and I know there is no right answer. P.S. With the current state of our world, inflation, and how heinously expensive rent is, my partner and I settled on like $500 being the max to spend on one thing without taking talking to the other first. Even typing that out, though, makes my skin <laughs> crawl. Love That's you guys. That's real. That's really real. <laughs> so that's our checking topic for this week, which I also thought was like well-timed with Hanukkah and Christmas approaching us. We're in the week of Hanukkah now, but Christmas is coming. And, you know, we did an episode on our Patreon about like gift giving and the stress of spending money when you don't have it. So I felt like this was a natural next step in our conversation that we've been having. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. What What is your personal view and what is the view of your partnership with you and Peter? I know it's kind of a good example because you and Peter have separate finances where my wife and I have combined finances. Yeah. I mean, it's like a, it's a hybrid. We have like separate yeah. and then we combine. Very similar to the letter <laughs> yeah. writer. Essentially, <laughs> yeah, I essentially, think so. Yeah, right? we have yeah. like separate <laughs> checking accounts that we both get paid in and then we like pay bills together. Um, and we have like a shared account that we draw from if we like need stuff for like particular things. So um, yeah, I mean, We've never had this conversation, me and Peter, which is like really interesting um, because we try to talk about money a lot (laughs) because like money is like a huge factor in relationships. Um, And, you know, even though we have separate stuff, we like check in with each other about like what is the state of our finances on a regular basis so that we kind of like 
know what's going on with each other. Um, but we never had a conversation about like how much it is okay for us to spend without telling the other person. Um, and I think like for me, it's like actually kind of a low threshold. <laughs> like I think like, it's like, I don't know, maybe like 200 bucks or something and not like a permission slip to like spend things, but more so a like, a, like check in about where our finances are. Um, partially because like, I think 200 bucks is like a meaningful amount of money to both of us. Um, and I don't think we like, like we don't monitor each other's like transactions. But again, if like, if suddenly Peter was like, oh yeah, I have like $2,000 less in my savings account, I'd be like, why? <laughs> like, what did you spend it on? You know, like we would definitely have that conversation. So I don't know. It's like, I think it would be lower, but also like, as I have said multiple times in the past few weeks, I gifts don't matter to me. <laughs> so like I, if someone was like, I, I went into debt to buy you this like Porsche, I'd be like, why did you do that? I don't want it. <laughs> like I, I want you financial, like that's the gift that I want is like you being financially sound. Yeah. I wish, I wish the letter was actually about the Porsche so that we could get more details. Like <laughs> yeah, did absolutely. you have your wife's permission? What kind of job do you have? <laughs> like, um, anyway, seriously, did you buy it with cash? Are you leasing it? Like what is happening here? <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, anyway, uh, so this, I similarly have a lot lower of a threshold, th threshold, um, threshold. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Um, this is just an episode of me embarrassing myself. Um, <laughs> I like it. So my wife and I have shared finances. We developed like our own unique system of our own private checking accounts where we basically like get an allowance every mm -hmm. month that mm -hmm. we call NQA. That is like our personal spending, no questions asked. Like yep. you don't get to know. But even that amount. My wife and I are pretty frugal and I'm a fucking professional podcaster. So I have to be really intentional about how I spend my money. Um, a podcaster and a poet, people. <laughs> this is not rolling, <laughs> not rolling in it over here. Um, so we make m decisions around money really intentionally. I, honestly, I think our threshold is somewhere around $100. But in my heart, it's probably like in my actions, it's probably more like 50 bucks because... Mm. I think that's maybe because of my money trauma, number one. Like I've always sure. not had a lot of money. And also I recognize that my wife makes the majority of our income. So I'm always kind of, I don't know, looking to her and not in, not in what I would say is like an unhealthy dynamic, but maybe one that will eventually go away. Maybe if we, if we are together for 20 years, um, I don't think of our money as her money, but I do, um, she's, a, we're both like equally frugal, but she's a lot more of a minimalist than I am and will like wear the same jeans for 20 years. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll use a lamp that she, that, that works, but I think is ugly for 20 years, you know, <laughs> whereas I'm like, yeah. I want to spend $50 on a new lamp and she'll be like, we have a lamp that works at home and I'll be like, but it looks like a big buck butt plug. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to look at a butt plug lamp. Um, but there is something in me that still won't buy that $50 lamp because like, 
because I want to make smart financial choices. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I think my threshold is somewhere between 50 and $100. But I'm even, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a very cautious spender when it comes to our money collectively, not, not in an unhealthy way. I hope this isn't coming off as like my wife runs our finances and I'm scared to spend money. Uh, it's more just like, uh, I want to make joint decisions. If, if, if I ever spent money like this Porsche or like if I went out and spent, you know, $300 on a, I don't know, new rug without telling her, Willa wouldn't be angry as much as she would be really confused because we make these decisions together, you know, mm-hmm. and, and like all of our, all of our spending kind of is a joint decision, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I suppose if you like have enough money that you're not, that you don't have to think about this kind of stuff, then like it becomes a different story. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah, it's, so, it's so funny that you're pointing that out because we were just having like a money goals conversation because we're, we are just, you know, end of the year, thinking about what to do financially over the next couple of years. And Willow was like, what's one of your financial goals? And I was like, I would like to spend a hundred dollars of our money without having to ask you. <laughs> that was, that was my, that was my goal. That was like my five-year goal. We have the money people. Let me just say that I have the money to spend a hundred dollars without asking her. And I don't need yeah. to ask her permission, but it's more about the financial security, the feeling mm. I, I was describing the goal of having the financial security that I am, that I'm able to spend that hundred dollars on new sheets without being like, well, can we spend this money? You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's a, it's an anxiety thing, not like a permission thing. So that's, that's my five-year goal. (laughs) No, absolutely. Financial fear. It's a really different experience. If you are, you know, bringing home $10,000 a month or whatever versus, you know, a thousand dollars, or if you have, you know, $27,000 in savings versus like $4 in savings, right? Like then the the math around it becomes really different. Yeah. So like, obviously it's going to be like a case by case basis. Um, And I also, I think this just speaks to like the ways that we interact with money are so different. And so much of it is depending, it's dependent on like how much we have of it. (laughs) Like, like it's, it's just, there's, you know, I think that there's kind of like this myth that exists in this world that it's like people who are rich are good with money and people who are poor are not. And actually what research says is that people who are poor are actually much better with money because they have to be out of necessity. Um, and that like the impulse to like spend is like not just inherent to people who don't have money. It's like, (laughs) There's yeah. a whole book. It's called Scarcity, uh, and it's about people about how people react and work through having scarce resources. Uh, and what we find is that people are actually way more on top of how much they have available to them if they have less of it than people who have a lot of money, right? Like, when's the last time you walked out of a grocery store and thought, like, wait, how much did I just spend there? I don't know. That happens to me all the time because, like, whether it's thirty bucks or sixty bucks doesn't matter that much to me because it's like that can be absorbed pretty easily by what I have versus like somebody who doesn't have who's the difference between 30 and 60 is like, am I going to be able to pay for rent this month is like super different. Right. Right. So I think what you're getting at too answers the, the letter writers check-in topic and the letter writer was right to say that there is no right answer here. Um, But what you're saying is we all have different like financial literacies and financial triggers 
And in partnerships, that is real tricky to yeah. to navigate sometimes shared shared expenses are not you know shared shared bank accounts are not um because i another reason why i run things by willow you know spending our money deciding to spend our money is because i'm la- a much more impulsive buyer than she is like i'm mm, a much more like real. let me go with my gut you know and she's sort of taught me how to like pump my brakes a little and think a little bit more critically about what we need to spend money on, what will last us another year or whatever. Um, yeah. So I think it's just about creating a culture that's in your relationship, in your partnership, that's around money, that's sustainable and that makes space for everybody's spending habits. Um, not just habits, you know, everybody's feelings around money, you know, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. me personally, um, Making a huge financial decision like that without me on the in, uh, I can see a world in which like maybe that works for some people because, you know, for example, like I inherited my house when I married my partner. I um, she already owned it. And when we got together and I always joke that like I inherited the house by marrying her and therefore I got to avoid the chaos and stress of <laughs> um, purchasing a home. Like I literally yeah. was just like, cool, I just got to sign a marriage license and I never had to deal with any of like brokers or stress like that. Um, mm-hmm. Similarly, I can imagine like if you were living in such a way, uh, such a financial comfort and and you were like, okay go buy me a car, <laughs> then you wouldn't have to deal with the stress of buying a car. I guess <laughs> that, that would be <laughs> yeah, beneficial to some people. Uh-huh. You know, um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think about the woman who just gave birth and I was going to get a super fancy car. That's not necessarily like family friendly either. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Porsche uh, does make SUVs. So. Oh really? Okay. Maybe it's that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that the important thing here is, is what we've been saying, which is that like everyone has different ideas of, how much money we can spend and and what it looks like and what we should be spending it on. So the important thing is to be in conversation with your people about like what, what does spending money look like for you uh, and what's like, what's okay and what's not okay in the context of the relationships that you have with the people who, whose finances are intertwined with yours. And I think about this too, even like when it comes to like gift giving for friends too, right? Like, you know, I've been in the experience where like a friend has given me a gift that's worth like a hundred bucks or whatever. And I spent like 10 on them because that's all I could afford. And like the disparity between those things around, like, what are the expectations of this? Like, is it okay that this, like, you know, like those conversations are, are not just for people who like share finances, but like this kind of like disagreement or like not disagreement, but like different understandings of, of how much we can and should be spending on ourselves and other people are also happening in relationships that aren't just romantic or marital or whatever. So yeah. And who knows? Maybe she asked for the Porsche. (laughs) Maybe she did. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing I love more than like window shopping into other people's finances. (laughs) Yeah. Kidding me. (sighs) Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to convince my wife to like get a different used car than the used car that we're looking at. <laughs> I mean, like that's where we're at right now. 
<laughs> I love that. I love that. Okay, let's get into today's letter. Uh, today's letter comes from Crushing in the Outfield, whose pronouns are she, her, who is writing from an embarrassing void. Hi, Sam, Sierra, and Spencer. Longtime listener, you two have made me feel better so many times, and I often bring up the pod in therapy, LOL. Uh, I really hope that your therapist has uh, good <laughs> opinions of us. Uh, here's my question that gives me a lot of internal embarrassment, but I feel the need to at least write it out. I, she, her, am married to my partner, he, him, and we've been together overall for around four years. We have a wonderful relationship that is currently what I'd describe as monogamish, and have discussed that we are both comfortable with each other expressing attraction towards others and potentially pursuing that attraction depending on the circumstance and each other's degree of comfort. We're both queer and agreed that we wouldn't want to, in general, keep each other from experiencing things even though we're committed to each other long-term as primary partners. This is where my situation comes in. My partner has a coworker and friend, she, they, Kay, that has recently become part of our friend group. They come to different events, our house for dinner, and for a while, Kay and I didn't have much interaction because it felt like they were mostly my partner's close friend. Flash forward to September, and we all went to, on a group outing, drinking involved, and Kay and I spent the entire time talking. Kay asked about our relationship dynamic, to which I'm sure I didn't explain very well due to the drinking, but was something like, we're not totally monogamous. A lot of joking and flirting ensued, and I left that event feeling confused. I told my partner so. He explained that it did seem like Kay was flirting and it didn't need to become a thing, as in my partner knows I am an overthinker. My partner expressed that he has no problem with my crush on Kay at all, but knows that I often struggle with gray areas or sitting with my feelings. Surprise, I spent a lot of time agonizing and overthinking it, mulling over my own attraction to them and feeling awkward because this is my partner's close friend and coworker. For a few weeks after that, it was difficult because Kay was texting me every single day. Not that I wasn't excited about it. And eventually it seemed like our communication died down a bit due to us both being busy. So I just sort of put the, those emotions on the back burner. However, they recently asked if we could hang out. This weekend, we were meant to only grab lunch, but then we spent the entire day together and it felt great. Being with them feels like being around someone who reminds you of home. And also, they're just really hot. They told me that I should make a list of things that I didn't want to do with my husband and we could do them together. Our legs were touching as we sat right next to each other at a coffee shop. And there was a lot of closeness to which they pointed out that this could be a date. We walked around our city. They came back to our apartment for dinner. And at the end of the night, they were sitting next to me on our couch, like right beside me, blowing me what I can only explain as air kisses while my husband was upstairs playing video games. After they left, my husband explained that he definitely feels they are attracted to me and opening the door for something more. I explained that I don't want to assume anything and that there, it could just be them wanting to be good friends. I feel that queer friendship sometimes looks like this or could. It just hasn't been in my experience with my other queer friends. He disagreed and said that, yes, queer friendship can be incredibly intimate, but that there's more to this, in his opinion, than that. That night, Kay texted me and said they had a great time and that they were sad to leave, and I said I was sad for them to go. Here's my quandary and then my question. I do not want to make Kay feel like they cannot trust me or that I'm only friends with them because I want something more, but I am confused. I don't know how to differentiate between if this is friendly and I am misreading or if this is something else. 
I have a feeling you both are going to encourage me to ask Kay directly. (laughs) Spoiler alert, we are going to (laughs) encourage you to do that. But I feel a hesitancy due to the fact that Kay is my husband's friend and coworker. I don't want to be wrong and then affect their relationship. Am I absolutely making a mountain out of a molehill here? Or is there something to this? Also, I want to be mindful of the fact that this is a situation where because Kay is single and I am married, there is inherently a dynamic present where I don't want to hurt them. Really, I just don't know how to proceed. Do I let this go? And am I making a very embarrassing assumption? Any advice is appreciated. And you two just seeing this letter makes me feel better. Love always crushing in the outfield. Cute, 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 cute. Love this letter. (laughs) It is cute. It's really adorable. (laughs) It's so cute. And I just love like, I don't know. I love our JBU community so much because I love picturing our letter writer here being like, man, I don't know if if I have a crush on or like, I don't know if this is real. Let me write to just break up. (laughs) Like, it's just so cute. It is. It's It's just thrilled to be a part of this. Uh, Like, I feel like we're in a little huddle right now and and you just like laid out all the players and we're huddling. We're like, okay, this is what's going to happen next. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That is all to say, uh, this is adorable. We can't wait to talk about it. We have to take a very quick break first. Um, and then we're going to get into the huddle with you, my love. <laughs> all right. Y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week and every time sam pops up into zoom i comment on their outfit and i swear like 99 percent of the time i'm like oh my god that outfit is so cute where did you get it sam says quince you too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment 
That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. <laughs> Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right, everyone. Time to huddle up. Here we go. We're going we're gonna to figure out what we need to do in this situation. <laughs> Um, yeah, let's go. I do want to say like, yeah, right. I do want to say a couple of things first, uh, which is that like, first of all, I think it's really cool that you and your husband are like having these types of conversations with each other. It's so um, and that attractive. Yeah, yeah, no, it's really, it is really attractive. It's hot. Um, yeah. You know, recognizing that like not everyone needs to participate in monogamy to like or to not everyone needs to participate in polyamory or ethical non-monogamy in order to be like hip or cool or like with it or enlightened or whatever. And it's really awesome to see places where these types of conversations and like this type of work is happening in ways that feel like really helpful and constructive and good. Like it's wonderful that you two are, are able to be so honest with each other and like committed to kind of navigating this stuff as it comes up with each other, which I think is really wonderful. Um, and also like kudos to your husband for like being your wingman <laughs> in this situation, right? Of, oh like, God, I love it. Being like, well, I, you know what I wanted to add you. is that <laughs> at this point in just breakup, we've probably read, you know, between seven, like 7,000 letters, right? A lot. Yeah. I think we did the number like a year ago and it was like Mm -hmm. Mm 6,000. So we've read a lot of letters of like jealous partners and we've read a lot of letters from people who wanted to open their relationship and it, they stumbled um, or things got unbalanced or toxic really fast. You know, it's just so refreshing to, to see our hard work pay off, not like ours, but ours, like, yeah, not, like me and Sierra's, no, no. but like <laughs> collectively, I meant like, it was like a Royal we, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. we are all putting a lot of work into ourselves. It, it's so rewarding to see it pay off and now mm-hmm. to say it in like a better, more human way. <laughs> yeah, It's really absolutely. rewarding to see the, li- the, the, re- the reward of your labor, you and your husband in your partnership, in your life, in your, in your healing journey, um, pay off in this way. It's just so refreshing to be honest. Like it's like a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, 
Yeah. And just like the, the comfort with which you are, you both are also talking about your queerness with each other too, right? Like, you know, we also get letters about how to have a conversation with your partner about your queer identity right. and like all of that stuff. So like, it's really, it's really great to sort of see this in a, in a way that feels like the issue isn't the queerness or the experiment or the like, or the opening up of the relationship, but instead like the process, like how do we do this in a way that yeah. actually like feels yeah. good given that the playbook is not written in stone. So, um, what I will say is that like you called it <laughs> in terms of like what we're going to tell you to do, uh, we think you should shoot your shot, right? This is definitely a shoot your oh shot God, yeah. type moment. I would especially say shoot your shot because, uh, of the follow-up text. Oh my God. <clears throat> They went home and they were like, I'm sad to leave you. I had you. such a great time. Like, yeah, I have not fucking sent that you? to a single person that I didn't no. want to suck face with. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely not. If I, 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 I do send my friends like follow up texts and I'd be like, oh my God, I had a great time. See you soon. It's not like I wish I was still there blowing you air kisses. What the fuck is that? <laughs> First of all, I just want to, that's the only point of confusion in this whole letter. Like what are essentially air kisses? Yeah. Like my, I, I'm having trouble imagining it, but um, I'm trying to make it cute in my head, but it, in my head, it's just like weird. No, <laughs> just like corny. If you guys uh, don't know what we're doing, you can watch <laughs> along on our YouTube channel. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so. Yes, we think you should shoot your shot because like for us, the signs are all there. Right. And all, like we're, we're in agreement with text. your husband. Yeah. And this is like, yeah, we think that they like you. Uh, and I, and yeah. it's pretty obvious. I, my first question to people in like a deep conversation is n if I don't want to sleep with them is not, <laughs> what is your relationship status like? Of your relationship? <laughs> yeah. Like, is there any like flexibility here? <laughs> <laughs> that is hysterical. If I don't want to sleep with them, I'm not going to ask. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be like, so are you in an open relationship or yeah. <laughs> how's that going for you? Yeah, no, no, no reason. Not. No, no uh, reason to ask. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I think that Kay likes you. I think that Kay is interested in seeing what happens here. And of course, this is tricky because of the fact that you're, that this is your, your husband's friend and coworker yep. and all of this stuff. Like, I'm not trying to like pretend like that's not happening. And like, these are tricky situations that we navigate all the time, right? Like, these are things that we can figure out as we go along. But I don't think it's worth it for you to sit on this feeling for fear of this dynamic getting weird because I think that, like, it sounds like you three are all really good at kind of navigating and talking to each other about this stuff. And my hope is that if you commit to going into this and being really intentional about like, what are the rules? What are the parameters? How are we going to do this in a way where we can like figure this out? Then I, I see it yeah. going well, right? I see it. I see yes. that there could like a really strong outcome of this could be you all figure out what like an open relationship might look like for you, whether that's like just physical, whether that's dating, whether that is like a full blown, like thruple situation, right? Like there's so many different ways that this could go. Um, that I think are mostly majority pretty positive. Um, yeah. And so I, I think it's important to keep that in mind. I know that you're a worrier and as a worrier, I deeply relate, but often like we let the worry get in the way of us being able to see outcomes that might be really positive, that might 
bring us a lot of joy or a great experience or something new to learn. So I want you to keep that in mind, even as you're, as you're worrying about what this means. Yeah, absolutely. I would say the first thing, like if you have a checklist right now and the first item on your checklist is like, does Kay like me? Is this real? Real? It's been checked <laughs> That's off. Checked like, off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It, there, are, there are three sets of initials next to it. It's your partner's, <laughs> it's Sam's and mine's. And we've all checked it. We all did like the bathroom clean, you know, checked it. We, yep, the timestamp is there when we approved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the second thing is to, I think, uh, go to, this is, I, I would go to the, your husband before I go back to Kay and just be like, so, if this is real, I'm interested in approaching this crush and I want to yep, know yep. what those, what those boundaries should be. Um, because yeah. we've confirmed it. Kay has a crush on you. You have a crush on them. They're super hot. Now you go to your husband and say, I'm interested in acting on this crush. Are you okay with that? What would that look like? Are you mm-hmm. okay that it's your friend and your coworker? Honestly, that's the only thing gives me pause is that like, I don't know how secure your husband is. Um, and, you know, working with someone, being friends with someone and having them also be a part of your romantic partnership might be complicated and it might not at all. Like, it doesn't really sound like it sounds like your partner is very securely attached and y'all have an amazing foundation in your relationship. That's just the one thing that gives me pause is like, I don't want you to stumble over that. I want you to address it head on and be like, okay, what for would sure. this look like for you? Um, and then take all of that information that you to you and your partner formulated uh mm-hmm. and you know sh- load it into a little cupid gun and shoot your shot <laughs> <laughs> i love it yeah i think appropriately violent but uh you guys get mm-hmm. what i'm trying to say i think that's here is absolutely right and i think that you also need to talk really sort of concretely about what is on and off the table in terms of like how this relationship goes to right is it like kissing and hanging out is available, right? Like having sex, is that okay? Like what, like what are the parameters around that? Uh, what does it look like if you start actually like dating this person, right? Like not just like, this is a friend that I sometimes sleep with, but like we want to be in each other's lives for a long period of time. Right. I think that some of those like what ifs don't necessarily need to be like fully ironed out. Right. Like I don't want to also like get that in the way. But I think that you and your partner need to have some real concrete conversations about what's on and off the table, because it's like it's easy enough to be like, oh, yeah, we'll open it up. And like, oh, if you develop a crush on someone like, well, well, let's let's see what happens. Like, I do think that like now we're at a place where some real tangible conversation needs to be happening. And then you also need to bring that to K too, to really articulate like what is in and out of bounds for what your potential relationship could look like as well. And that doesn't need to happen like on the first, like, like before you shoot your shot. Right. Like, you know what I mean? You don't have to be like, here's the parameters. Do you want in? But you can say, you know, I like you, let's hang out. And then you can kind of have a conversation about like what is available or not available while you're hanging out. Like you don't need to like text them like a whole I don't know. I think you, I think you gotta out. be up front immediately. I think you gotta I think you gotta come out guns blazing, more weird, violent imagery. Uh and you say, Hey, like this is my offer. <laughs> that's the way I view it. Like that's what I would appreciate to know, like sure. uh, 
you know, I'm very committed to my marriage and we've also opened it up to explore in these ways. Are you interested in it? I don't know. That's just me and my, maybe what I would want. Um, the one man, one thing that gives me pause. <laughs> just like, I, I, if somebody sent me that text, I'd be like presumptuous. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, <laughs> but on that point, Sam, the one thing that gives me pause is the comment, make a list of everything your husband doesn't like to do and I'll do it with you. That could not be more <laughs> explicitly like I like you. Uh-huh. Like Oh, for sure. Uh, yep. <laughs> and but it gives me pause because I'm like are you you know I don't know. No, I don't I think that's real and I think that's why there needs to be some guardrails to like what is on and off the that's table cuz like Yeah, cuz I you need to be really clear with Kay, who seems to really like you, to be clear. Like, <laughs> that, like, like abundantly like you. They were like, basically like, what? make a list of everything your husband doesn't want to do, and I will do that. I will be what your husband isn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, which, again, yeah, it's like why there needs to be some some parameters that are pretty clear, if there are parameters, right. to say, like, yeah, absolutely. We can have a relationship, but it, it's got to look like it's like this is what it can look like. And it can't look like this other thing, because if, yeah. if if it's like you can have a short tryst and L or NK is like, I love you, though, and I want to be with you for forever, then you're going to need to have a conversation about that. That's, that's what I want to know. To be honest, back when I was single, like right before I reconnected with Willow, I, re- I was like on some dating apps and I connected with, I think two people that were in um, open relationships, but they didn't say that explicitly on their page. Um, I like found that out either through like social media stalking um, or, or conversation. I can't remember. And I really wanted them to be, I, I didn't care. I wasn't like, Oh man, gross. Get off these apps. I was more like, I want to know what, your parameters are so that I can choose if I want to pursue that or not. You know what I mean? Like if you are, if you can have a girlfriend and a, you know, a long-term partner, cool. Let me know that. So so I can decide whether or not like I want to, I don't know. That's why I say be upfront with them. Well, they also know, (laughs) like they, they know that, that at least that that's like an open relationship type thing. Yes, 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 yes. You're right. Like, it's not going to be like suddenly they're going to stalk her and be like, wait a minute, you have a husband, right? Like, that is really clear to everyone involved. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. Okay, but if it's not abundantly clear to everyone else in the Just Breakup world, we think that you should shoot your shot. Like, figure it out what the parameters are with your husband. Bring that to Kay and see what happens. We hope you have a lot of fun and we hope you, we feel you feel really fulfilled by this um, new exciting adventure. Absolutely. And so exciting that you like have found this person that you really connect with. Like that's such a, that's such yeah, a wonderful definitely. thing. All right, my darling, we hope this helps. Thank you so much for writing. We love you. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like more content from us or if you would like ad-free episodes, you can always support us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode. That's patreon.com slash justbreakuppod.
You can slide into our DM, send us your favorite relationship meme, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please remember to like, follow, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Just Break Up is a production of Duvid Media, original music, recording, editing, producing all magical things by our good friend Spencer Worth Davis. Make sure to check out his music and podcasts. And remember, it's okay to believe the good things. I know we've been taught that we need to protect ourselves. We need to be defensive. We need to, you know, overthink things. But if somebody likes you and they're showing that they like you and everybody is telling you that they like you, it's okay to believe the good things too. And if all else fails, just break up. <laughs>